in a world few have dared to explore. Two men set out on an epic journey to answer life's manliest questions. From the Fortress of Smoothitude in Lawrence, Kansas, it's The Gentleman Podcast with Glenn Stansberry and Brian McKinney. Welcome to the Gentleman Podcast. I am Brian McKinney. I'm sitting to the left of the rider on the storm, Glenn Stansberry. <laughs> oh, it's going to be one of those nights, Brian. Riders on the storm. <laughs> I do look like a Jim Morrison, I feel. Well, that's, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. Slightly older, it. slightly squidgier. Yeah, you made it far beyond uh, Jim Morrison's yeah. tenure. Short as what, it was. What, 24? How old was 27, it? 27, I Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a morbid way. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not dead, folks. No. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I've mentioned that because it's a little rainy out here. A little thunder, a little lightning. Yeah. We might get caught in a storm. Yeah. And if we are, that's okay. We'll ride it out. We have the essentials, the bare essentials. The bare essentials. Um, we can ride the storm out. <laughs> Speaking of riding the storm out, Glenn, you and I are co-founders of a site called Gentleman.com. Gentleman.com is like the perfect storm of delicious content. Uh, you can find all kinds of stuff on Gentleman.com. You can find how-tos, recipes, things that will make you laugh, things that will make you cry, things that will make you hurl. In no particular order. Experience the full range of emotion <laughs> in one site. Look, Instagram isn't going to make you hurl. Well, nope. they might. But are they going to make you laugh and cry all in one visit? I hope not. I hope not, because that's what our patent-pending algorithms <laughs> um, are built to do. We find content. That's right. Based upon your emotions. Yeah. We partnered with uh, deep machine learning mm-hmm. firms. And Elon Musk. And Elon Musk. <laughs> to bring you gentleman.com. Uh, our site knows you better than you do. <laughs> and us. And us. Um, but anyway, Glenn, uh, so the point is, you should, if you're listening to this, you should go visit gentleman.com and click some stuff. Uh, and then once you're done clicking stuff on gentleman.com, a good thing to do would be to go over to podcast.gentleman.com and listen to all 111 episodes prior to this one of the Gentleman Podcast in succession. Mm. We will look forward to your cease and desist order. <laughs> and and uh, so if after listening to the Gentleman Podcast, all 111 episodes, um, you'll no doubt want to get in touch with us. Mm-hmm. You'll have questions, comments, deep concerns. A lot of fears. A lot of fears. Uh, and so you can always do that. You can always, you don't have to listen to all 111 episodes. Maybe you only get through 50 and you have a lot of questions about life. Uh, that's totally fine too. Uh, you can send us an, uh, a letter anytime to the Gentleman Mailbag, P.O. Box 442305, Lawrence, Kansas 66044. We'll get your letter. We will ponder what you said to us in this letter. We'll walk away. We'll think deeply. I will stare at Glenn intently while we review the letter. <laughs> we will then, but only then, post it on the Hall slash Hall of Fame, which we know is the Hall of Fame. We will talk about it on a gentleman podcast. Probably go to a counseling session. 
uh, <clears throat> we'll take a long, hard look in the mirror, and then uh, then we'll talk, we'll talk about it on the gentleman podcast, and then we'll send you something in return. Aren't you curious now? Yes. Aren't you? Isn't this piquing your interest? Oh boy! Please send us a letter. Yeah, send us a letter. Um, <clears throat> and feeling that if you're too busy for that, if 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 it's just not in the cards, uh, you can send us an email. It's the easy way. Howdyatgentleman.com. You can go to several social networks, including but not limited to Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Hot or Not, Chidio, App.net, App.net, Ionic, Delicious, Bubonic, Bubonic, <laughs> The Chronic, dot <laughs> uh, com, and, and get in touch with us in those ways. Don't actually visit those sites. Don't go to Bubonic. <laughs> Do not go to Bubonic. Uh, but anyway, the point is, Glenn, our ears are open. We're listening. Get in touch with us. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, that means uh, now that we've gotten through um, that spiel, it's time for the uh, meat of the episode, which is the drink of the week. The the best part of the episode. If you only have to listen to one part, yeah, just listen to this and then just turn it off. Well, we no, you do. Don't anyway. do that. Oh, right, right, right. I mean, <laughs> maybe listen to this and, <clears throat> and then the rest give, of the episode. Yeah, too. give it a chance. Yeah. you know, after that part. Uh, but yeah, but, but we know what you're tuning in for, and that's to hear our patent pending algorithmic review that's right on a beer and it was my turn to pick up a beer this week i picked up i was intrigued by this beer uh because one i've not heard of this brewery yeah me neither yeah two the name of the beer was intriguing as well mm-hmm. uh the brewery the brewery is blue point mm-hmm. based out of long island and the beer is the toasted lager which is one not one but two World Cup beer awards. Gold medals. I'm sorry. Gold medals at the World Beer Cup. Right. Not just any award. Right. The gold. The gold at right. some award show. Right. So, <clears throat> however, we travel down the lane to the Blue Point Brewery website, and it is... Uh, I, got, I got a bad feeling, Brian, because it is chock full of all the things yeah. that we have learned. We have machine learning here. And we have learned that... Uh, there are some things that you just when they start to get all nobody knows beer but us yep. no, you know we brew beer so for us if we have any leftover we sell it kind of yeah. stuff yeah um, anytime they kind of start with talking about the awards they've won and their their origin story is love our beer or not F you yeah you know um <laughs> The, then I don't know. It just it kind of gives a, puts a de- bad taste in our mouth right before we uh, taste mm. this beer. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. But this is intriguing. I did see it at the store as well. I think it might have been because of the placement of it or something. It's like right next to the Budweiser or something like that. <laughs> I was like, oh, this must be like one of those. Because you know how like Shock Top is yep. like an Anheuser Busch yep. thing or whatever. But they try to market it as like, oh, it's not really. It's you know this yeah. hip craft thing sitting right next to the Anheuser yeah. Busch products. Yeah, and yeah. so. Um, I just I kind of lumped in with I was like oh this must be owned by somebody and you know some whatever thing but I do it, it sounds interesting I'm toasted lager I'm, it sounds I like, like lagers it could be intriguing yeah. yeah I like toasted things exactly allegedly this brew uses a blend of six specialty malts for a rich flavor um, and they get this name toasted Char- the characteristic is toasted based off of their original direct fire brick kettle. I don't know what that means, but it sounds interesting. Yeah. So, I don't know. anyway, that's uh, that's kind of flying the face of Budweiser, who <laughs> they have a process. You know, that's mm. toasted lager. They have a process called Beechwood Aged, 
Except they actually put beechwood in their beer. <laughs> right. So. Right. I mean, that makes sense. Right. But, yeah. You know, anyway. All right, Glenn. Well, let's uh, let's let's try out this. Sure. A couple of uh, important details. Uh, the ABV, the alcohol by volume, is five point five. The IBU is a surprisingly kind of high twenty eight. Yeah, that is kind of high for a lager. Uh, original gravity is one point zero five four for those playing along at home, and. The real kicker, Brian. I'm a little ashamed to admit this. The price, ten forty nine. Whoa! Mm-hmm. <laughs> Apparently, shipping has increased from Long Island to the uh, the plains. Wow! So ten forty nine, folks. Man, yeah. Blue point. I really wasn't expecting that, and I was already at the checkout, and I was like, oh, well, I guess I can't turn back now. <sighs> so, man, ten forty nine. Don't do me like that, Blue Point. Oh boy. All right, wow. toasted lager. Yep. Cheers. Bob's up, buddy. Hmm. That's. It doesn't taste toasted. No. I like it. I think. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. not. It's just not what you expect. No. It's like sweeter. Yeah, and it tastes very and a little hoppier. You can taste the hops because it's a lager. It's real thin. Anyway, it's a good brew though. Yeah, but as always, it's not what was it a believe? D- no, it's not. Absolutely not. It's all up to the MTS computer, mm-hmm. the stunningly accurate MTS computer, mm-hmm. the one uh, one of a kind machine learning, deep data, deep learning. Deep diving, MTS computer. Their word on the street is that um, there is a investment backer that may or may not be entering the uh, the fray here in terms of backing our mustache twist scale, and he may or may not make a car called Tesla. And Let's just call him E Musk. E Musk. Oh, I mean, no, no, no. Elon M. Yes, Elon's Elon, a very Elon you know, ubiquitous name. Yeah. Um, he also has a rocket company. No, well, yeah, that. So it could be a few different people, right? And a solar company. So uh, anyway, yeah. Moving on, we can't talk about mm-mm, that. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, if you had to uh, add a rating to the uh, Blue Point <laughs> Toasted Lager, what would you given <laughs> given the factors we talked about? What would you What would you do to I it? I can't figure this beer out. I know it's kind of hard. It's I like it. I do like it. I just... Part of it is... I'm going to be honest here, Brian. I have a bias. Part of me doesn't want to like it. So there's that. Right. But it's not a lager to me. It's just not a lager. I don't know what it is. It doesn't really taste like a... It tastes like a caramely kind of... Yeah. Something. Maybe that... Well, it's very malty. Yeah. We'll give them that. So... And I like malty stuff. So it's almost like an ale. That's what it is. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well... They're going to get dinged for the price. I know that much. Yeah. NTS does not like expensive beers. That's right. And neither should you, good listener. Yeah. Um, but I would have to say, based on the price and the taste factor, yeah. I would give it, uh, I think I'm going to go 80, or excuse me, I think I'm going to go 8.2. 8.2? Yeah. Holy. Wow. I, I, I like it. I just, I just... I don't know. Yeah. 
I was gonna go seven six because I did not. <laughs> I, I think it's it's fine. It tastes fine, but the ten fifty is asking a lot. Uh, you know, that's just for what it is. I feel like it's not a ten ten dollar and fifty cent beer. Yeah, I agree. I would agree with that. So yeah, and yeah. yeah. Well, but anyway, Glenn, it doesn't matter what we think at all. No, because we have the world famous MTS computer to tell us an empirical rating for the uh, toasted lager from Blue Point. Unbiased, unbiased, unforgiving, unrelenting, equated, unequated, yes. unrequited, <laughs> unrequited, unrequited. <laughs> it just wants to love you. Yep. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, let me beer. type some facts into the MTS computer, and then it will. Um, Shoot some facts back at us. Okay. So we said the, the website's kind of on the snobby side. Mm. Uh, so we'll put a six on the snob meter there. Um, <laughs> the, dial um, it yeah, it's a, it's a dial. <coughs> um, then we said the uh, the alcohol by volume, mm-hmm. 5.5%. Yes. IBUs were 28. Mm-hmm. The OJ is 1.054. <laughs> And the price was ten forty nine. So uh, okay, Glenn, we just have to give it a couple minutes, and we will have the ATS printout from the computer, and we will be able to then uh, tell you what the empirical scientific rating for the toasted lager from Blue Point Brewing is. I'm on the edge of my seat. I am too. This is this is going to be interesting. The, the, the MTS is going to have to chew on this for a while. Really, we have wildly varying scores. That's right. Six points between us, Brian. That's, that's a lot. Six tenths between us. Thankfully, we have the uh, empirical mustache twist scale computer to mm. straighten this out for our. Mm-hmm. All right, let's gotta grab the. Gonna get the printout here. Bring it over. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> All right, clear my throat. <laughs> Let me get through this la, thing la, here. Ah. Okay. Um, hot off the presses. MTS <laughs> computer. Comes in at a 7.9. So not quite 8. Not quite 8. Um, you know, so didn't quite make the 8s, which I think is fair. I think it is too. Um, kind of. Maybe we should check out and see what the beer snobs think of this one, Glenn. Ooh. It's an interesting question. I'm curious. Do you have it pulled up? or do No, I need to- I'll, let, me, let me pull it up here. Um... Beersnob.com. Mm-hmm. Toasted Lager. Lager Blue Point. Ooh. Wow. Okay, so the Beer Snob score was 80. Wow. The bros had it at 74. So that's that's pretty close, the MTS computer there. That is possibly patent infringement. Yes, yes. Um, huh. So we'll have to talk with our attorneys about that. Wouldn't be the first time. <sighs> no, it wouldn't, and it won't be the last. Mm-hmm. Okay, Glenn. That means it's time to talk about some interesting posts from gentlemen.com in the last two weeks or so. All right. Well, first up, we have a fantastic head scratcher from our good friend Jordan, mm-hmm. who has posted. Uh, a tack that you 
you wouldn't expect. It's just not something that you expect. This is surprising. <clears throat> the title is Hash Brown Recalled for Golf Ball Contamination. And apparently, the uh, hash browns sold under the Harris Teeter and Roundies brands. <laughs> Those are the hash browns that I always buy. Right, I'm a, I'm a Roundies man. Um, I'm a Teeter guy. They, uh, <laughs> they, sorry, I'm trying to do this with a straight face. They have uh, issued a statement. Well, actually, the food, the FDA, the Food Drug Administration, has <laughs> uh, sent a recall notice that said McCain Foods, which makes the uh, Roundies and Harris Teeter. Now, th- this is a voluntary recall. They're voluntarily recalling. That's true. That's good. Just to make, you know. That, okay, thank you. Here. That's true. They, they did this. They blew the whistles on themselves um, because apparently... Their hash browns may be quote may be contaminated with extraneous golf ball materials that, despite our stringent supply standards, may have been inadvertently harvested with potatoes. <laughs> this has PR person written all over it. How do you inadvertently harvest golf balls? Make sure you say stringent supply standards in there, just to you know make sure that they know that we have standards for our supply. Here's what happened, Brian. Two brothers are in Idaho, they're in the back of their pickup truck, and they've got like two huge <laughs> golf ball buckets, and they're just out there like teeing off into this potato field. Right, right. That's my take. <laughs> I I do wonder what the backstory is this. Like, how was this discovered? Did somebody take, like, was somebody at the company opening up some hash browns and throwing them on the skillet one morning and a golf ball popped out? And they're like, <laughs> yeah. whoa, we should probably check <laughs> into this. Hmm. Is or this maybe a new product? I don't know. It doesn't say anybody was injured yet, but I get the sense that I'm wondering if they have such stringent stringent quality standards. I, I, it seems like a golf ball would stick out. You know what I mean? They don't. It, this is so. That would make me they think they actually don't have any standards. They don't even say like golf ball. They say golf ball materials. So you don't okay. even know. So it's not the full ball. Well, we don't know. Like they could have okay, just could said be. that could be a, both. Some, like a, a ball plunked out of a bag, and they're like, so oh, they don't know. There it may could be, or may have not. It could be parts of balls or <laughs> full balls in the hash browns. So you say there could have been full balls in the sack. Can you imagine hash browns? Can you imagine making some hash brown potatoes and then taking a bite of them and having a piece of a golf ball in there? Tastes like a Callaway. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a rude awakening. <coughs> the be- the best part is that they don't give any explanation whatsoever. There's no backstory. No. Nope. There's no, you know, our VP was at home. We're going to do we're going to recall these. Might have some golf balls just, in there. Oh, oh, by the way, um we're in our, our monthly earnings call with the investors. <laughs> there may or may not have been a golf ball in a bag of hash browns. Well, that's great that they're getting those off the market. So if you live in the um uh, if you go to the Mariano's, Metro Market, and Pick and Save Supermarkets in Illinois and Wisconsin, you probably need to, and you are a uh, connoisseur of the Harris Teeter and Roundy's brands of tater tots, you might want to check that bag. You might want to bring it back into the store for a full refund. I would hope they give you a full refund. <laughs> and a different brand of hash browns. <laughs> yeah. You shouldn't eat our stuff anymore. Well, anyway. Uh, okay, Glenn. Well, <clears throat> did you mention that that was posted by Jordan? I did. Okay. I did. I must have zoned out there for a second. That's okay. Um, 
Okay, Glenn. Well, this next one was posted by our good friend, me. <laughs> uh, I posted this, this tack, and I thought it was really interesting because the possibilities are endless. Um, this is an interesting little story. It's called Want Your Own Town? This One Is For Sale. And uh, this is from popularmechanics.com. And this is a story about the t- timber town of Tiller. T square, T cubed, T cubed, uh, and so basically, there's this town Tiller in Oregon, and at the turn of the century, it was a bustling uh, logging town, metropolis. Over, in, <laughs> uh, you know, at the turn of the century, it was it had some stuff. Yeah, you know, it had a general store, it had a post office, had a elementary school, it was going. You know, it was ready to rock. Uh, then unfortunately that, you know, this whole area around the town was built on the, the, uh, logging industry and some regulations passed that made it impossible to log around the, the city anymore. And so <laughs> people started leaving and slowly the, the town started dying. Um, but you know, there's, there's several families that were around there that grew up there and wanted to stay there and never moved away and believed in the town and everything. Believed in Tiller. And so three uh, so over the last thirty years, one person started buying up parts of Tiller slowly but surely and amassed most of the town. Uh, and now uh, this person has passed away and they want to sell this entire town basically, except for a couple of things. And it's basically like a church and something else. But huh. the asking price, the asking price of three and a half million, comes with six houses, the general store, gas station, land under the post office, undeveloped parcels, water rights, and infrastructures that include sidewalks, fire hydrants, and a working power station. Now, <laughs> before you get all excited, Tiller Elementary School, a six-classroom building that closed in 2014, is for sale separately oh. for three hundred fifty thousand dollars. So they want to sell the school separate from that three and a half million deal. I could see that as a big, a big side, yeah, you know, deal. Um, so this is, and it gets kind of mm. interesting here because um, they start talking to the real estate agent, and the real estate agent starts talking about Tiller and the opportunity that exists <laughs> here. And um, he's quoted as saying, "Between the dying economy and the dying owners, Tiller became a new opportunity, new opportunity that had never been available before." I started getting inquiries from all over the world, essentially. What was it, and what could you do with it? It's the buyer and their imagination that's going to determine what Tiller can become. This is that a, is a true real estate agent uh, right he, there. He's a glass half full kind of guy. Because, because when you see pictures of the school... <laughs> the school looks like the, a chicken coop. <laughs> and the general store, it's run down and falling apart. Um, it's great. It's, it's great. Uh, the other great quote... That, that just blows my mind, okay, is like somebody's selling this entire town. And so basically there's like 200 families around the area that still want to see this town have something because they they go to like buy groceries there. Right. And the next town over to buy groceries is like a long, long, long ways away. So this really helps them to have a, a place like this to go, you know, and it's like if they reopen the school or whatever. Right. Could be big. Um, the The seller's realtor says the the I should back up. The buyer there are buyers for this, they say, but they're still accepting backup offers. 
So sure. it's quoted as saying, the buyers understand that they only have one shot at a first impression. <laughs> they understand that this is a community of people who live here. And it's a, it's a sensitive subject. They want to address this project with the community in mind. Wait, aren't there six houses? You know what I would say to the community? <laughs> if I showed up there and paid three and a half million dollars for this town? So, F you. So, I don't care. Get out. <laughs> Get out of my town. It's now Gentlemanville. Gentlemanville. <laughs> yeah, bring the, bring the computer over here, the mustache uh, to a yeah. Just a little left, a little left. Put it next to the river. We're going to need a generator. Right. So immediately when I, when I saw this, yeah. th- this tech that you posted, right. my mind went straight to a Netflix series that is going on right now called Shit's Creek. Now, I'm not swearing. The name, it's... S-C-H. S-C-H-I-T-T. Okay. Um, and... The premise of the show, I don't know if you know anything about it, is the there's a very affluent family, and the father, the patriarchal figure, as a joke for his son, he buys a mining town just like this. Or it's not a mining town, it's a small town. He buys the rights to it when the kid's like 10, and it, the name of the town is called Shit's Creek. And it's a prank. I mean, it's a joke. Well, right. they are... And you learn this in the first five minutes of the, of the series, so I'm not giving too much away here, but... They uh, he buys the town Shit's Creek as a joke. Well, they're they have all this money and their accountant uh, embezzles all their money and runs away, and so they're penniless except for Shit's Creek. So they have to go live in Shit's Creek, oh, and wow. he's trying to turn the town around and sell it so he could get back into like. Oh right, right. Anyway, right. this is I, it's like it's like Shit's Creek being played out in real life. It's great. Yeah, this, this is. I, I I don't know. It's it's interesting to me. I wonder who uh, who who wants to buy this and what they want to buy it for. This has got a fanatical religious cult written all over it. Yeah, that's what I thought. I mean, immediately you got the elementary school, yeah. the houses, yeah. the power supply. Yep, right by the river. Yep, end of the world's coming. <laughs> I don't, Hunker just, down and tiller. It just seems just seems like that's uh, that would be a good marketing opportunity for the. Um, for the old, yeah, these, uh, it's perfect for some underground tunnels. Yeah, and uh, I mean that's what other. Who else are you marketing this to? I mean, you could do like a, I don't know. It could it could be like a touristy place. Maybe I don't know exactly where it is. In the yeah. is it on the, is it on the ocean or is it just next to a river? I think it's just next to a river. Yeah, it's like deep in the forest somewhere. You know, there's that place in Colorado that mm-hmm. we have. Yeah, aspired to rent out someday. The old mining town. Yeah. <clears throat> So maybe they could turn it into like a... Uh, this thing would take a lot of work. Yeah, it would. Unless you want to have like a Twin Peaks themed uh, resort or something. Twin Peaks. Because <laughs> if... You know, it just... It's, it looks That's, really run down in 1980s and, uh, you know... It's not a bad idea. I, I could see a Hollywood studio picking it up and having a place to film like, you know... That'd be a good idea. Three and a half million. That's nothing. Yeah. And you could film all kinds of stuff there. Oh, yeah. For, you know, example, a reboot of Twin Peaks. Exactly. Um, the Gentleman Story. The Gentleman. <laughs> scripts. I'm working on, I've got a treatment for the script. So Nice. Uh, but anyway, Glenn, I just thought it was an interesting tack. Uh, there's a lot of, there are a lot of possibilities to this. There are. There yeah. really are. Yeah. Um, for the right person that's going to pay $3.5 million and then 350000 for the school. I, it, it, it's just... Yeah, it's bizarre. 
I, I'm I'm anxious to find out. I'm gonna have to look this up. Who who's gonna buy this? Because this, let's see, this came out just in the last couple of days, and so we should know in the next six weeks or so. What became of Tiller? I'm excited to find out. I am too. Well, Brian, our last tack is posted by none other Razorback, a pillar of our community. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. I've met him in real life. Yep. And he's one hell of a model American. That's right. He posted a tack that lives up to his, you know, persona. Titled, This Massive Pizza is Topped with Tacos and Guacamole. And it's an article from Thrillist.com, which is a, which is a nifty little publication. Thrillist has gone and interviewed a, uh, the proprietor of Tony Bologna's in Hoboken, New Jersey. And it's a pizza joint, but on Taco Tuesday, they have an interesting backstory on. On one Tuesday, uh, allegedly, if you watch the video that they posted, some um, gentlemen who were, uh, they, were, they were high on some recreational drugs came Wacky in. Wacky tobacco. Yes. They came in and said, hey, it's Taco Tuesday. Where are the tacos? And they say, no, no, we're a pizza place. We don't really have tacos because we serve pizza. Right. And they kept like, no, no, it's Taco Tuesday. You have to serve us tacos. And the guy, and the owner allegedly said, you know what? Fine. I'm going to give him some tacos. And he he created this monster of a dish mm-hmm. that looks incredible. But it's just, well, it is, uh, it costs $80, which is $10 per slice. Yeah. And it is a pizza topped with. I'm trying to figure out how many tacos. I don't know how many tacos make up on top of it, but it turns into a 30-pound taco pizza. Approximately 24 tacos. 24 tacos. There we go. And it looks delicious. As weird as that sounds. It, I, it's yeah. hard for me to say it that. Does kinda, it, does, it, yeah. but it looks like you eat the tacos separately yeah. from the pizza. He suggests you eat the tacos and then use the pizza to you like use the guac... To, like dip the tacos in and then like <laughs> take the pizza and eat it. Eighty dollars. Well, let me explain what, what else is on this, okay? Because okay. it it begins with house made queso. How do we say we we're gonna pronounce? Oh, Oaxaca, 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 Oaxaca. Carne asada, chipotle asada, a solid heaping of cheese on top of the pizza dough, and then once the pizza is cooked. Uh, all the tacos are piled on, and then it's topped in the cent- in the center with guacamole and sour cream. So, what's funny about the video to me is like when he pulls it to put it on the plate, he doesn't like pick it up; he slides it gingerly <laughs> off the plate, you know, and then uh, like pulling a uh, a uh, tablecloth off the table. Yeah, with the plates. Um, and so, anyway, he, he he does that, and then he suggests you eat the eat the uh, tacos first, and then plow through the the slice uh ten dollars kind of steep but when you think about it three tacos and a slice of pizza you probably don't need more than one slice no um but he says now people line up outside the door for this concoction uh it's probably like a once in a once in a lifetime uh yeah dish he said he had somebody from sweden show up (laughs) on a wednesday and he was like, oh, sorry, it's Tuesday. Or it's not Tuesday. So. But in Sweden, it's Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, he's, he's got to turn people away for this thing, you know? I, so, hey, $10 a slice and $80 a pop. He said he gets, uh, I think he says he sells about 100 slices of it. So $1,000 wow. every Tuesday. 
Now, yeah. the the cost involved with it is probably pretty extensive. But. Yeah, it's a lot of... I mean, the tacos themselves look pretty involved. They're making them when you watch the video. and Yeah. They look good. Yeah, these aren't like Taco Bell tacos. They're No, no, no. They're very no legit-looking um, tacos. So so anyway, Tony Bologna's, if you're in uh, Hoboken, New Jersey, go check it out. As we all are. As we all find ourselves every yeah, night. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, next time I'm in Hoboken, I'll <laughs> stop by. When in Hoboken. Yeah. As they say. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, that means it's time for the toast this week. Toasted lager? Well, sort of. Yes. Um, and this is related to another Razorback thing that happened on the site. Uh, Razorback happening on the site. Um, he posted this video. Uh, out of the blue, I hadn't thought about this guy in a long time. Uh, Tom Schultz, who's the legendary guitar player for the band Boston. Uh, it was just a short little video. Uh, talk, just kind of interviewing Tom Schultz and... You know his thoughts on the music industry and lots of different things. Uh, and a lot of people don't know, and Razorback didn't know, and I, I kind of knew this, but I didn't know the full story of this. But Tom Schultz not only is he the guitar player for Boston, who wrote a, one of the best-selling albums of all time, uh, Boston. Yeah, uh, but he's also a MIT-educated electronic engineer, and he built all of his electronic equipment amps and pedals and all the stuff that he used to get that boston sound he built himself and then when they got their record deal he insisted that they use all his equipment to do it um much to the record company's chagrin Uh, but he stuck to his guns and they made it with that and now that that sound is like that's synonymous with boston it's like one of the most recognizable sounds you can you can think of in rock music uh and he did that um but i thought it was a great little story he was a very humble guy yeah. Uh, not the kind of guy that you'd expect has such a huge, monstrous, you know, best-selling album. Uh, he just seemed like a down-to-earth guy and very humble. He said, you know, when he wrote "More Than Feeling" and stuff like that, he said he didn't think he was as good as the stuff on the radio, and yeah, which is crazy to think about. The guy that wrote "More Than a Feeling" not thinking that it was up to snuff. "More Than a Feeling" is like it's an incredible song. Yeah, it's really good. Um, and so yeah, I guess it's okay. Yeah, we'll put it on the record. I guess. And then uh, the other interesting thing I thought was the uh, he, he told a story about when he uh, started doing music. His dad was like, "What are you doing? You know, you, yeah. you got a your electronic engineer. Why are you doing this music stuff? You got this career." He was working at I can't remember what company he was working at, but he was working at some, some big some big engineer. Like it was some yeah. technology company. I can't remember which one it was, but um, anyway, he so he left that because Boston became very successful, and then his dad, and then he was. He eventually went into business and started selling his own musical equipment, uh, the electronics that he built for Boston. He turned into a company and started selling that. And his dad was like, why are you doing this? You should be doing the music. Don't quit the band. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's just kind of a funny story. Um, but anyway, uh, all-around talented guy. Seemed like a super nice guy. Seemed down to earth and worthy of a gentleman toast. I agree. I, I love the uh, the part of the video where he's talking about how when he walks into the when they do their first recording session, he walks in with all his equipment, and the sound engineers are like, "What? Yeah. <laughs> Who is this guy?" Right. <laughs> and, you know, YouTube has related videos, uh-huh. and they, I noticed they. Uh, <laughs> they uh, I don't know if you've seen these. Uh, yeah, but they showed an interview with Brad Delp after, oh. which is the one they took eight years to write. Was it after the first Boston album, or was it? It was Amanda or. Third stage was uh, was like this the third album. 
One of them, there's a big gap between at least one. That, of them. that would have been third stage. Okay. Yeah. And they were, they were interviewing Brad Delp, and they're like, you know, you guys haven't taken like her traditional rock band approach where you release an album like, you know, within a decade. And yeah. he's like, yeah. He's like, it's actually kind of cool because I get to walk down the street and nobody knows who I am. <laughs> it's like, it's not a big deal until right. we like release another record eight years later. And mm-hmm. he's, Anyway. Yeah, I think the deal with that was their their first album came out, was very successful, and then the record company was like, we've got to have a follow-up. Mm-hmm. And so they rushed that second album out, and I guess Tom Schultz was never happy with that, so he was like, I'm going to take as long as it takes for me to do the third one. And so, Keep in mind, Tom Schultz is a guy who thought more than a feeling wasn't very good. <laughs> yeah, so... exactly right. That's, that's judgment maybe <laughs> no, no, slightly it's skewed. it's good. Yeah. Actually, the whole album's pretty yeah. solid. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I I really think there's only one. How many singles did they have off that first album? I don't know. The Were they all thing, singles? Uh, pretty much, except for like two songs or something. It's one of those rare albums. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's amazing stuff. <laughs> um, it's like their greatest hits album, and it was their first album. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty solid. Anyway, it's a solid first shot. Yeah, it's not bad. Way to go, Tommy. I, you know, I wish those other two songs would have been a little bit better. I but, was gonna say, yeah. you know, oh well. Alrighty, well, toast to uh, Mr. Tom Schultz. To Tommy. He looks good, too. He's got to be, what, Yeah, 70s? Yeah. And he looked... <laughs> yeah. A oh, man. Yeah. Which is kind of atypical of the rock star, uh, you know. Yeah. It didn't age a little faster than... A little Keith the... Richards action. Yeah. Or, you Although know. he looks kind of strangely okay for being 90 or whatever. Yeah, he... Well, I think his, like... <laughs> innards are 90 yeah and his you know yeah well anyway well we'll have to look into <laughs> keith richard's innards <laughs> on a further episode uh, <laughs> but anyway Glenn, that means it's time for the uh, <laughs> hot buddy topic Big. uh and this week Glenn. uh got some good news and some bad news mm. it's a mixed bag mm. Uh, the bad news is, uh, the Nintendo NES Classic, which was a highly coveted, uh, product. Still. For the last coveted. Four months or so. Five months? Four months? Five months? Too long. Uh, which I happen to get one, and I have one sitting in my living room. Mm-hmm. Um, it, Nintendo had, like, okay, so this thing came out, it got really successful, and, like, too successful, and they weren't able to supply enough of them. And Nintendo's like, don't worry, we're gonna keep, we're you know, we're just gonna keep right on supplying until you know, until it gets caught up with demand. Don't worry about it, no problem. Uh, and then last week they came out and said, actually, we're just gonna discontinue this right now, and they're gonna stop, <laughs> stop making them. So if you don't already have one, unless you want to pay hundreds of dollars, you're, uh, you're up Shit's Creek. You're yes, you, the town of Shit's <laughs> Creek. Um, but the good news is. That there's rumors out that they are doing this partially to ramp up production of the Super Nintendo Classic Edition that they are working on for next Christmas. So, <laughs> buckle up, folks. Round two's coming this next Christmas. Um, get your uh, get your golf club out and start practicing, <laughs> swinging people out of the way yeah, the at the stores, <laughs> uh, just in case. <clears throat> 
How do you feel about this, Glenn? Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I'm sure you are, Brian. Then I'll round have, out the collection. Of, then I'll have a, yeah, I'll have a full collection. Hmm. Well, let me tell you something. I've been waiting patiently. You know what? This thing is going to come down in price. Or not even that. The demand will die down. I'll just walk into Best Buy and pick one of, you know, 10 or 15 off the shelf and buy one and go home and, you know, play all the classics like I used to when I was a kid. But I can't now, Brian. No, you can't. And you're not going to play yours anymore because never. it's like a collector's item. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to seal mine back up in the box that I still have. And uh. I, I, I don't know where to begin with this. I'm so cheesed off by Nintendo. And not only that, you know what they did in the meantime? They introduced that app, the game. It was Nintendo, right? Where you walk around. Oh, well, it was like a co... It was like, sort of. Yes. So they're putting all their eggs in that basket. Pokemon Go? Yes, Pokemon Go. Yeah. Putting all their eggs in the Pokemon Go basket. Destroying Glenn's hopes and dreams. You know... Instead of, right. I, I just, I just don't, I just don't. I'm confused about why they did, why they did this. This is really weird to me. I don't understand. Well, I, I don't understand how you run out of like if you have a successful product, why you stop developing it. I get that they want to have two products, or they want to do the Super Nintendo, but if one is already selling a lot, yeah, and will continue to sell. The only thing I can think of is they, they released that Switch console. Yeah. And the only thing I can think of is it was like distracting them Competing. from from doing that. And it yeah. Was, and they were just like, well, we don't need to be doing this other one. It's more just, you know, because I bet they probably weren't making a ton of money off these things. Because, I mean, they were so cheap. They were only $60 for 30 classic Nintendo games that you love. Not anymore, Brian. So much. Not anymore. <laughs> Slightly more expensive now. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I wonder how much they're going for eBay. Uh, these days, I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait until they get super expensive. I'm gonna be like <laughs> coming over to Brian's house with hundred dollar bills. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. Then no one really knows why they stopped doing this, and I I don't know either. But Glenn, I have I to don't tell think you, they know. I have to tell you when stuff like this goes down, and I see something I want, I'm like laser focused on getting it. I, I'm I'm obsessively thinking about ways to get it <laughs> i'm diagramming plans i'm searching the internet i'm you know talking to people working the streets and lo and behold my diligence and obsession came to fruition with me getting you gotta strike while the iron's hot at what cost brian <laughs> what did it cost you it doesn't matter <laughs> at any cost man <laughs> when it all costs <laughs> Uh, so uh, you know you could sign up for my uh, course that I'm going to produce pre-Christmas how to how to score a Nintendo classic this Christmas for in theory $39.95 it's cheap it's less than a Nintendo a Super Nintendo classic the only saving grace here is that they are talking about releasing the Super Nintendo console or rebooting that. But, again, like, how is that? I'd be concerned. My first thought on that is that they're going to do the exact same thing with that. Yeah. I mean, this this company has a a track record with this stuff. Of being dumb. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So. Yes. I, I don't know. Um. 
This whole thing just. Uh, I, I'm gonna. But okay. Here's the here's the da- here's the downside of this for Nintendo. They have left a sour taste in my mouth. I will. Not, I will it is not so. Let's say. Lager. Yeah. Let's say that. You went to the store. Mm-mm. You had a sour taste in your mouth, you know. And there were a hundred Nintendo classics mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Would you be so ticked off that you wouldn't buy one of those classics? I'd spit on every one. <laughs> I'm of the mind and that hopefully I had a cold. That people will people will be quick to forgive if they can just get their hands on one. Never never forget. Never forget, huh? I think if I walked into a store and I saw one, I'd buy it. Oh, yeah. If anything, just to keep it in the box and sell it when they discontinue it a week later. Yeah. After selling a thousand units of it. Right. Uh, I'm, I, uh, who knows if this S- SNES thing is real? Because it came from some random site that has a sort of a track record for being right about stuff. Right. But it seems like an odd move from a company that discontinued a similar thing right only to come out with the sequel to it and do the exact same thing which also distracts from the main product which is the switch so it just seems like kind of a head scratcher i'm not interested but kind of a head scratcher that's probably their mo i mean that's the kind of stuff they do they just do weird stuff sometimes like that i don't know i i i I have no idea what they're doing or why so the other thing i was wondering too is like do they sell like on the switch do they mm-hmm. sell the classic games on there? Can you like pay five dollars and get Mario and stuff? I don't know. I I, I I've seen well because I, mean, I know they have I mean, Zelda right, but it's a different kind of. But that's S, that's NES Zelda right? What the Switch? No, the Switch has like a different the, the modern like okay super modern you know best Not Zelda ever yeah yeah um and so I don't know. I don't, but I mean, you know, back like I haven't had a Nintendo console in, since the Wii, and the Wii had you could buy you had like a game market you could like buy the games. But it wasn't the same, was it? It's not the same as having the original console. No, it's not. I, okay, not even close. I, I'm being serious here, Brian. <laughs> like having that controller, like man. Well, oh. and then they and they have you know like the the modes where you have like the eight bit mo- or the uh, the four uh, three mode, which is like. They make the screen look oh. old, and it's pretty. <laughs> Is cool. that how you play? Yeah, you do four three. It doesn't look right when it's like super crisp. Yeah, it needs a little fuzziness to 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 have the vibe. You know? Can you believe? I mean, can you imagine being an engineer making this thing, and you're like, it's just something off. Yeah. Can we make it worse? Yeah. Can we do worse quality? Right. It, you kind of need it Ooh, actually. Give it a little grit. Yeah, rain. it's got to be a. It's got if it's a little fuzzy. The pixels kind of blend together a little bit. Kind of works a little bit better, or maybe it's just the way I remember it. I don't know. No, um, that is that's how that's how it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the TVs back then. Were. So anyway, we, we we've got uh, the SNES to look forward to now. We have any more beer? <laughs> when I saw that, I couldn't believe it. I was like, I know. <laughs> wow. Don't go break I just, my heart. I just had like dollar signs flash <laughs> up in my eyes when I saw that. I was like, wow, that just became worth a lot of money. This escalated quickly. Yeah, exactly. And it was already escalated. Yeah. yeah. People lost their minds last Christmas. Yeah. Well, anyway, Glenn, uh, we'll, we'll have to update uh, this Christmas when we both attempt to get the SNES. 
<laughs> I'm not even going to try. You know what this will create, though? This crazy swarm of people. Because people will be afraid it's going to be discontinued. And they won't have enough. So no matter what happens, there'll be people going crazy trying to get these things. There's going to be fights. It's going to be... I'm just staring at your console right now. I'm just gonna I'm gonna bring a blackjack with me just in case. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, anyway, Glenn. Well, uh, well, yeah. We'll have to update Christmas time to remember that. Yes, I'm sure we will. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, that means it's time for the final segment of the show, which is the questions from the gentleman mailbag. And uh, I posted this this tack all about this Kickstarter Kickstarter <laughs> project called plastic and uh plastic was a plastic. what plastic plastic plastic, plastic. it's like p-l-s-t-c oh sorry plastic plastic, plastic. i think it's supposed to be plastic but um the idea was great it was this universal credit card with uh I don't know what the specs were, like an e-ink display, mm-hmm. and basically like... like it didn't have RFID block, like you couldn't... Yeah. It was a unicorn card. Yeah. And it was like, you can you can move all your cards to this one card, so you just have one card, and then you cycle through, and you pick the card you want to use, and you can use that one. Mm-hmm. So it basically just replaces all the credit cards that you use. One card. Into one card. And Brilliant idea. This was, you know... I remember reading this and I was pretty into it. I was like, this is really cool. But it seems so vague and like how they were going to do this didn't seem... This was like three years ago. It was a long time ago. And I think it was before Apple Pay, maybe? Yeah, I think so too. I think like predated Apple Pay. Anyway. So people jumped on this to the tune of $9 million. Now they... Crowdfunded, right? Yeah. Crowdfunded. Solely crowdfunded, so no like VC or anything like that. Right. It was just on Kickstarter. Right. And so they got $9 million for this. And they announced this last week that they were just declaring bankruptcy and that no one was going to get anything. And all the money that people poured into it are basically, it's gone. And this we, this is on the heels of the other one that we were talking about a couple weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> the, Juicero. Well, the, no, no. The Juicero oh, oh. and the Lily Drone. The, oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah, the Lily Drone was very similar in that... Uh, Sorry, it was, yes. it was a, uh, the founders of the Lily Drone... Um, knew basically from day one that they weren't going to be able to release this product. They couldn't do it, and they still went ahead and did their crowdfunding. And they made a slick the marketing video. That, it yeah. was like it was, it was like the um, the hoverboard marketing video where yeah. it looked like you know yeah. So anyway, it was an actual thing. Question is, uh, have you ever uh, kicked in on a Kickstarter? I yeah. I have kicked in on a few. Um, oh really? I didn't know this about you. Yeah. Well. Truth comes out. Well, the more you know, Brian. I, uh, I have, I have done a few, but only um, the only ones I've done. I've just never been for a product that I've not. It's only it's only been for products from people that I know. Oh, okay. So I'm supporting them basically. Right. So I have a, I had uh, one friend. Oh, he wrote a book, and he actually raised um, I think two hundred fifty thousand or three hundred thousand dollars to write a book, which is pretty cool. Um, really Would you contribute to my Kickstarter if yeah. I was? <laughs> how, to, how is this? A, how to get an SNES? How to, yeah, it's an ebook. Uh, how to get an SNES? Uh, I need a marketing video. Yeah, it really sells me, but it drives it home. So I've done that, and um, another uh, friend's 
music venture. He, a guy I know, um, you know, was starting up, was trying to get enough money to record something with his band. And right. So I pitched in. Right. I think that's where a lot, like the, a lot of the crowdfunding is just basically yeah. like reaching out to friends and family and stuff like that. And yeah. Kind of, you know, yeah, gets things going. Mm-hmm. Um, I never, I've never contributed to one. I haven't, I haven't found one that really, you know. Yeah. Um, if there was something good, if there was like, you know, um, like say if TLC was coming out with a new album or something like that, I would totally, <laughs> and they had a Kickstarter, I would totally. Crazy, contribute. sexy, awesome. <laughs> that is actually a real Kickstarter. That <laughs> um, no, I, I didn't, I haven't, I, I haven't <coughs> seen any that really, no one's really hit me up to, to contribute their Kickstarter. If they did, and it was like a good friend of mine or something, mm-hmm. or, or somebody that was doing something worthwhile, I totally would. Um, but I haven't I haven't found one that was really and the the tech ones always freak me out because of stuff like that the plastic and the the lily stuff. You know what's interesting about the lily though um, was that they failed in all those things. Mm-hmm. And then I saw there's this other company that did pretty <laughs> much that, except it's like totally works and it's tiny. It's like this big. Oh, no, I oh yeah, I saw that too. Yeah, that it was mm-hmm. like it's, it's sold exclusively at Apple stores now. Yes, that's the one I saw. But it yeah. like totally works. And I, it just got me thinking, like, could this other company, Lily, that had all this money, not do this? I mean... Or sue them? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Um, Interesting. Yeah. I So I posted that link, and then uh, Under Keister actually commented, and he had said that he, he actually contributed to the plastic yep. thing. Uh, and he made a good point that this article is really, like, laying into plastic like it was damning of all kickstarter stuff right and you shouldn't invest in kickstarter stuff because here's what happens you know right only breaks your heart when in fact it's you know like the opposite is mostly true that a lot of times people actually do come through and it you know really works and he also made the point that the article says like oh it's a big gamble to invest on kickstarter and he was like well no crap like everybody (laughs) knows when you and when you put money into kickstarter things they may not it may not get made, you know? And so he said, you know, he's just basically saying like, you know, that's how Kickstarter works. So don't worry about it. You know? Yeah. I can always so, count on your keister. Good point. To be the, yeah, absolutely. The voice of reason. Yeah. In these affairs. So anyway, that, so those are some good points, but I, you know, if there was something that I, that was really into, I would probably get behind it. And the, the benefit of it is if you, uh, if you get in early and do the crowdfunding, you usually get the product at like a significant, significantly lesser price you know and i will say it's not only limited to crowdfunding because i bought a gift certificate for laura to a company and then like eight months later they're just like oh we're going out of business and good just, luck yeah see you later <laughs> filed for bankrupt bankruptcy shut the website down and that was the end of the story thanks for all the fish yeah uh so it's not just you know it could be like just buying stuff from a retail store yeah and you know like whoever ordered products that day or whatever, yeah. You know, probably just they took the money and just said, "Well, going bankrupt." So, I seriously think that's probably what happened. It's weird to think that. I mean, I understand bankruptcy laws. Yeah, I understand the reason is you know, if you lose your shirt on your business, or if, you, if your business fails, you're not going to lose your shirt. Right. Like you can separate your 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 life from your business, which is good. Right. But how does that work with kicks? Like you know, the I mean. I guess I it doesn't matter because they would have to form businesses before they did it. But I don't know. I, the only thing about that that bugs me is like I know these guys that were behind this, like plastic and the 
the Lily drone, mm-hmm. they knew full well they probably weren't going to be able to pull this thing off. Mm-hmm. You know, and I guess they were just hoping like, oh, if we get nine million dollars, we'll be able to do it or whatever. Nine no. million dollars is a lot of money. If you yeah. can't do something with nine million dollars, I mean, that, you should be able to move mountains with nine million dollars. Yeah, you know, I mean, or buy three uh, tiller organs. Yes, exactly, <laughs> and create a commune that only makes cri- uh, plastic credit cards. Yeah. They've got the school there. Looks like a little factory. Man, if you can't do something for $9 million like that, you have failed. They don't have I any mean, board to listen to. They don't no. have. It's just. All you have to do is make the product then. And it's not like it's impossible. I mean, Elon Musk is sending people to space. Like, right. you can't make a credit card? No. <laughs> the banking institutions are hard, and I get it, but, but yeah. they also said they could do it, and they didn't. Exactly. So, Due diligence, man. Yeah. I don't... I remember when that thing came out. It was a long time ago. Yeah. At least three or four years ago. Yeah. And I remember thinking, this is really cool, but I'm also kind of weirded out by the fact that it's all... Yeah. Well... In one place. And then also, it's like... It's like... It's just a replacement credit card. So... It's, and then Apple Pay. And, yeah. With Apple Pay, it's kind of like, well, that kind of blows that out of the water because <laughs> you just have your phone then and then you pick which card and you just pay for it wirelessly right. so you yeah. don't need the plastic anymore yeah so theoretically you wouldn't even really need and there's cards anymore. samsung pay and i think android has their own or i, I don't know how that works yeah. but i know yeah yeah so i don't know so kind of not a thing anymore but. yeah well i don't know glenn i guess we'll never know because it's never going to get made i would like I was wondering. I was thinking about this. You said you don't. You only back products, or you only back back something if you're really into it. Have there been any big? I know indie artists do this, but have there been been any big acts that have done an indie, or not indie, that have done a Kickstarter for like their next album or tour or something like that? Yeah, TLC. Are you serious? Yes. <laughs> I thought you totally made that up on the fly. No, no, I was no. so impressed. No. I was like, wow, that came out of nowhere. No. Uh, Is it actually called Crazy Sexy Awesome? I don't know. Um, but they, they, yeah, they, they had a Kickstarter, I think, was very successful to make their next album. I, I think there have been several. Kind of like know, forgotten, maybe we'll come back around kind of. Yeah, or just, you know, huh. I mean, if you got the name, you can get the money. I guess if you have a, a label, you don't really need it. Yeah, but if you're if you're just out without a contract, I guess you can do whatever you want. Well, anyway, yeah, I think that worked out pretty well for him. Yeah, TLC, TLC, getting the band back together. Yeah, huh? But anyway, Glenn. Well, uh, I better find a Kickstarter. Or maybe I'll start my own Kickstarter and ask you to invest in it. I'll do it. Okay. I've got Can I put you down for what? The $1,000 mega prize? What does that get me? <laughs> All kinds of stuff, man. One. I'm still. The the, uh, the tiers are still. I'm still working okay. on the tiers. So. Well, all right. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm tentatively pencil me in for, you know. Probably like a printed off. $10. A printed off sheet of my code. Signed autograph. <laughs> Is that a for loop? Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> so you, yeah, that's to look forward to. Uh, there are risks though. I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull it off. So, Ooh. 
you know. You gotta you gotta produce. Well, or you don't. Chapter eleven. If the Kickstarter's a hit, you must acquit. No, that's not if how that goes. Kickstarter's not a hit. You can quit. <laughs> you can. You probably should quit. <laughs> um. Anyway, Glenn. All right. Well, uh, I'll I'll be on the lookout for Kickstarters to invest mm. in. Okay. Let's see if I. We. <laughs> this is funny. I have one actually. Just came to me. We got an email from a very um, interesting company who has a great product. They're going to release on Kickstarter, and they wanted to know if we wanted to feature it on Gentleman. Um, and it is, I kid you not, underwear made from bamboo. Bamboo underwear. Wow. Uh, it's a brave new world. I'm hoping they send us, you know... Some trial. Some twosies, and we can, you know, try them on and give it, put it through the paces, as it were. And I saw that email, some lunges. and I read the first two sentences or something, and I was like, I, <laughs> I can't believe we this. We get at least one... Or two every every day pitches for us yeah. to review something on Kickstarter and occasionally on very rare occasions we'll actually take them up on it, but it's usually stuff like bamboo underwear and Chinese knives. I don't. Yeah, that's uh, weird. It's a weird place. His weird Kickstarter is weird. I don't know. I tried bamboo underwear once. Yeah, maybe it's vastly superior to regular underwear. <laughs> Sounds like it would chafe. I guess we'll never know. Or maybe we will. We'll report back on that. <laughs> Splinters and all. Okay, well, uh, on that note, Glenn, that was episode uh, 112. Episode 113 is just around the corner in two weeks. Um, thanks for listening to the Gentleman Podcast. I'm Brian McKinney. I'm Glenn Sansbury. Catch you guys in two weeks for episode 113. Adios. <laughs>